friends and welcome back to the show. I just was looking at myself on the camera and was like, I should probably put some earrings in, but I then literally said, fuck it. <laughs> um, so if you're watching the video version on YouTube or on Spotify, hello, without my earrings. I feel like every time I get on this video, the backdrop has changed. We're now playing with pink books behind and then still the neutral ones on that side. So Things are still happening. The house is coming together. I can't wait for the episode to be released with my mom because it is so good. Anyway, um, for those of you that don't, that haven't done so already, please make sure that when you leave a review, you send a screenshot to the email that's below in the description, and then we will send you a complimentary thank you meditation that is exclusive to you podcast listeners. Um, there's no other way for you to get the episode, sorry, for you to get the, um, meditation, you have to leave a review. So if you haven't left a review, that is your reminder to leave one. If you have left one and you've received your meditation, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been checking them out and reading them all. And I want you to know that it puts the biggest smile on my face and it makes me really, really happy. So I deeply appreciate every single one of you that has taken the time to do that. Okay. So let's jump in to the last part of this kind of three-part little series of creating your dream life. And I really feel like the whole concept of creating your dream life, I know it is so highly talked about these days. And so I hope that these episodes have really helped you to ground into very actionable, real things rather than just fluffy, lucky girl syndrome stuff. I'm sure you guys have all seen the lucky girl syndrome that's been going around on TikTok. I actually don't have TikTok, but my team told me about it. And I've been seeing people kind of post a little bit about it on Instagram. Um, and really it's about the law of assumption. It's just manifestation in another way. And I know that for a lot of people, the manifestation concepts and tools and conversations can feel like they lack depth sometimes. So I really try to ensure that there is depth when I'm talking about these concepts because I too find it very um, unrelatable and it just kind of sometimes feels a little bit inauthentic when, um, you know, people are all like love and light, like la la la. And it just feels like, are you human sometimes? So anyway, I try and bring the humanness to you guys as much as possible. So today we are talking about the fear of spending money on yourself and on your dream life. And I'm really going to be touching on a lot of different parts of the money conversation today. I also did a really good chicken nugget uh, last Monday on my Instagram stories. If you guys didn't see it, I'm sure I'll turn it into like some other piece of content as well. But I was basically just talking about the um, link between the way in which you show up, you know, in relationship to your sexuality, sexuality and sensuality, and then also money and how the two are combined. And um, I guess another reason why you should make sure you always watch my Instagram stories, because I feel like mostly, I would say most of the time there is a daily nugget on there for a couple of minutes. And if you don't want to listen to it, you can just, you know, swipe by it. But if you do, that's like extra content for you guys to absorb, to learn, to integrate, to embody, to take action on. So make sure you're watching my Instagram stories. But something that I just wanted to mention from my point in there was that think about it like, you know, when you go to a doctor for like one issue and they only address that issue from a certain angle. So the example I used was, um, let's say for example, you go to the doctor for a period or hormonal issue. And so they then test jelly. What is that? I was cleaning out my desk and my fiance left a note on my desk. Um, 
that was just like a really cute note. And that was the note that Jelly got out of the bin and started to eat. I'm actually going to keep that there to show him. Um, anyway, so back to what I was saying. So you, you, let's say, for example, you go to the doctor to get your um, hormones checked. And so they will only test, for example, your sex hormones or the doctor might only be looking at your sex hormones. Well, that's great, but that's not the whole part of the equation. The symptoms are showing up in your sex hormones in terms of your cycle, let's say, right? They're showing up, you know, in regards to maybe estrogen and progesterone is the obvious things. And people will assume, oh, let me test your estrogen and progesterone and your testosterone because that's the most obvious, quote unquote, uh, place where your hormones would be imbalanced if it's showing up in your cycle or we're following. But then what about looking at your adrenals, looking at your immune system, looking at your nervous system, looking at your relationship with your feminine? Like there's all these other pieces that are forgotten and very often when we go to get help from somebody where we are only supported from their area of expertise, but there's often many different angles that need to be addressed for that symptom. So why I love what I do is because I have over the years become a little bit of a jack of all trades. And I know that marketing people would say, just focus on one thing, which is fine. That's what you want to do. That's totally fine. But if you find like, no, I want to focus on a lot of things, then I mean, I've done it, so be it, right? But what this has meant is that a client can come to me, for example, with a gut issue or a period issue, and I don't just address it from one side of things. I'm not just using like, you know, a hormonal panel and looking at the guy, the um, the ranges of where their hormones should be. I'm also looking at their energy, their nervous system, the way, the way they relate to their feminine. Like I'm looking at their immune system, their gut health, et cetera. So I want you guys to translate what I've just said into your relationship with money in that you might be hitting it at the angle of mantras and journaling and um, dancing around the house. And they're all things that I do and that I recommend doing, et cetera. But if you feel like you're hitting your head against a wall, you're not getting past this like block, it could be because you need to come at it from another angle as well. It doesn't mean that you throw what you're currently doing in the bin. It doesn't mean that it's not working or that it's like not the right solution. It just might mean that for you, yes, it's manifesting as a money issue, but it actually could be an issue with your uh, ability to receive, or it could be an issue with you feeling like you're not enough, or it could be an issue with whatever. It could be all these other things and it's showing up as a money issue, but it's not actually about money, if that makes sense. So I wanted to just open your minds to that because... We often forget that. And then people find themselves getting really stuck on healing something when I, and then they come to me and I'm like, this isn't even about what you think it's about. It's about this issue. And why this came up was because a client the other day, her name is Karen or a past client, I should say, she did Queen Alchemy and she sent me this amazing DM. And actually I'm going to share the DM with you, but basically she did Queen Alchemy seven weeks. She did not get a one-on-one, right? And she sent me this message. It's just a few months later. And it's because I was talking about Queen Alchemy and I was talking about a certain thing that she used to struggle with. She replied to it, sharing how she no longer has an issue and gave me this whole story, which I'll share with you guys in a second, about how all of a sudden 
no issues with food, no issues with her body. She's glowing. Everyone's commenting on it. Like so many people were checking her out on our new holiday, et cetera, et cetera. And this was in seven weeks. She changed this for herself in seven weeks because the issues that she was having around her body image and her relationship with food, they weren't things that needed to be fixed by like doing some mantras in the mirror. It was about stuff so much deeper than that for her. And it wasn't about stuff related to body image or food. That was how it was showing up and manifesting in her life. And I don't mean manifesting in terms of like manifestation. I mean, manifesting in terms of like a physical manifestation of, a, of an issue. It was manifesting at, in her relationship with food, in her emotional eating and in her relationship with her body and how she talked to herself but it wasn't actually like, she didn't need to go and do a course on healing her relationship with food. She had to do Queen Alchemy, right? Where Queen Alchemy, we're not focusing on food stuff. We do talk about it and we do have a mini trauma call on it, but we, that's not the focus of it. It's not advertised as that, right? It's about healing your trauma and healing all of the root of the issues, which show up in your relationship to feminine, to the feminine, your relationship to the masculine, in your money issues, in sex, in your ability to receive in the way that you talk about yourself, your confidence levels, how you eat, except like all, all your trauma responses, right? For a lot of people, their way of coping is stress eating or emotional eating. That is a coping mechanism. So if you just go learn about emotional eating, great, but have you healed the thing that causes your coping mechanism to rigor its ugly head of emotional eating? That's what I want you guys to think about when it comes to you know, creating the life of your dreams, don't just think, oh, I have to go do more manifestation practices because you might, that app, this is why it's good to email with your situation. Because for some of you, I'm like, that's what you need. For some of you, I'm like, that's not what you need. Like for some of you, when you email about say MM level two, I'm like, yes, you need to do this because of X, Y, and Z. Others of you will email and I'm like, no, you need to do Queen Alchemy first. Because otherwise, the, the, you know, the stuff doesn't stick, if that makes sense, because you need to heal the root of those things. So like, if you're finding these blocks all the time, it may not be that you have to go manifest more or, you know, um, sit in the feeling more, blah, blah. it might not be that. It actually might be that you need to heal some shit that's blocking you from being able to receive, feel enough, feel deserving, et cetera. So let me read Karen's DM that she sent me, like literally just on Feb. I read it on Feb 10th. I can see the screenshot right here. Queen Alchemy is the best money I've ever spent in my fucking life. I don't know why I was so hesitant to do the program because it's worth way more than its current price. Since doing QA, I have never, not once felt my throat closing in and feeling like I'm choking. I'm fucking confident, stand tall and turn myself on all the time. I do it for me to feel sexy. I just came back from a 10 day vacation. And when I tell you, I have goosebumps, I was makeup free, no bra, no shapewear, hair needing major deep conditioner. I was 10 days in the Caribbean, just me and the sun and a, and a bath in a bathing suit, massive goosebumps. I did not care if I was overweight. I did not care that my roles were seen. I have never in my life received so many compliments on how beautiful I was. So many goosebumps. So many men and women were attracted to me and it had never felt so good because I did the work to feel good. I'm still working through more stuff and redoing Queen, Al Queen Alchemy modules, but this shit works. I still want, and then she mentioned about she wants to fix her gut health issues and I gave her some recommendations, um, which by the way, the recommendations were that I am hosting a masterclass on healing. I'm calling it a healing class because it's a healing class on healing the energetic issues to do with gut stuff. That it's not going to be overlapped in Queen Alchemy. So you can come to both. So look out for that. 
Um, she said, but I have a much better relationship with food. It does not stress me out and I don't feel bad about food. Now I want to finally take care of my body and learn more because I want to see what my body can do and how I can transform myself even more. Like if that doesn't inspire you to take seven weeks for yourself, I literally don't know what does or take three days. As I was saying on this Instagram, like if you are not giving yourself permission to spend three days working on yourself, but you're telling yourself, I really want to heal. I really want to get this. I really want to have this dream life. I'm like, do you actually, because you're not doing the hard thing, which I'm about to talk about of taking the leap, giving yourself three days at my Australia immersion or giving yourself seven weeks in Queen Alchemy to get results really, really quickly. I mean, Karen's message is just one example. I was going through my DMs as I was flying to this wedding that we had and I was like backlogged on DMs and I not cannot tell you, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 DMs that I screenshotted and I haven't even finished going through them by the way, 12 DMs that I screenshotted in that like 50 minute flight all relating to Queen Alchemy and how much it had changed their life. Like people replying to my stories because I'm promoting it right now saying, I don't have this issue anymore. I've manifested all of these things. Or like, I'm so proud to say this is not me and I do not relate to this anymore. How good would that feel to, you know, in a few months time, be able to reply to my Instagram stories when I'm next promoting Queen Alchemy in August saying, I don't have this issue anymore. What a vibe. All right, let me shut up and let's get into this episode about money. So Firstly, I want to share with you guys why fear is a normal part of investing in yourself. And I want to preface this investing in yourself. It can be investing in yourself in regards to a hotel that you want to stay in. It can be investing in yourself in regards to an outfit that you want to buy or a coach that you want to hire, a course that you want to do, whatever it is. It can be investing in any way. So the first thing is, and I have explained this before, If you haven't listened to my episode, um, Understanding Your Zones, I would recommend that. We'll put the link below. So I want you to think about like layers of an onion and you're the center of the onion, okay? And let's say, for example, you have five layers around you and each of these layers is a comfort zone. It is an edge of a comfort zone. So if you want to get to your dream life, if you want to be constantly expanding, you have to be comfortable to walk through every single one of those layers continuously because the layers will keep growing because even as you get into the next comfort zone, another layer will happen, right? When you up level, there's new fears that can come in. There's new problems that can occur. There's new blocks that can, and of course they become smaller and smaller because it becomes easier and easier to break through and just cross over that comfort line. But there's always going to, they're always going to be there, right? So what I want you guys to understand though, is that the more that you go across your comfort zone and go over that edge, the easier it becomes. It becomes as simple as breathing. You're not really thinking about it. It's like, oh, there's an edge next because you always know that what's on the other side is so much better than what you're currently living in. It doesn't mean that what you're currently living in is shit. Sometimes you just want to chill out in your comfort zone for a bit because you want to fucking break. I completely get that. And for a lot of us, we lie to ourselves. We tell ourselves this myth of, I'm happy where I am. Like we, we allow ourselves to be bored and to be content in a bad way. Cause you can be content in a good way because what's actually happening is our fear of growth and our fear of failure is bigger. So the, the like, let's use this analogy. The more love that you feel, the more loss you will feel. So the more that you have love in your life, the more that you will have loss because with love also comes loss, right? It's just like a factor of the universe. So what can happen for some people 
is that they fear that the more that they have, the more that they have to lose. But if you're living like that, so that triggered you, that's you. If you're living like that, I want you to notice how you are then living in a scarcity energy of I'm protecting myself from loss. And this is important because loss is something that you cannot dodge. You cannot just get yourself out of ever feeling loss. It's like you cannot not die. Everybody dies, right? And so if you are living this life of I am avoiding loss, I am avoiding pain, I am avoiding losing things, you're actually not avoiding it because you're still going to lose things. It's just that you never also experienced the amount of love the amount of expansion, the amount of fun, the amount of joy that you could experience. I don't know about you, but I would rather experience a lot of joy and a lot of loss than not much joy, but still loss. Because it's just part of life, right? Part of life is that we lose things. Part of life is that things come to an end. Relationships come to an end. Friendships come to an end. Lives come to an end. Jobs come to an end. Seasons come to an end, right? And we don't freak out. We live in a world where there is a universe with their seasons. You don't see nature freaking the fuck out when spring is ending and going into summer. You don't see nature freaking the fuck out when, you know, we're going into winter. They roll through it because they know spring is coming back. They know summer's coming back. They know autumn or fall, whatever you want to call it, is coming back. We know these things. And if you can actually learn to enjoy each phase as hard as that can be, you'll actually find that you can continuously call in more abundance. So I enjoy each phase. I try and enjoy each phase of life and I sure as shit try and enjoy each season. I cannot tell you that I will necessarily enjoy summer here in Atlanta this year because apparently it is just stinking hot and the bugs are vile. So I think I'll just be living in Europe. (laughs) Um, But you know, I love winter, for example, but I've actually really learned to love summer. I used to hate summer. And ever since I lived in Tulum for that month, I learned to love summer. I actually did a lot of nervous system work around receiving the beauty of summer and loving summer for all the sweat and stickiness that it is. Because when you have winter for too long, you eventually want summer. It's a really sunny day here and it's kind of warm actually. And I've been outside multiple times a day and I actually just like was outside in my robe this morning walking and we have a huge backyard and I was just walking around the backyard with like a big glass of water and whatnot, just soaking in the sunshine. And I, a part of me was like, I'm really excited for summer. Now, granted, I'd prefer a European summer than a summer in Atlanta with humidity that's 150% and bugs that are all over you, but I'm really going to try and enjoy it because I've learned over the years that if you are constantly resisting facts of life, the only person that loses is you. That's it. And when it comes to seasons, we now have the beauty of being able to just travel and go live in whatever season that you want to live in, right? Because we have Northern Northern Southern Hemisphere. But when it comes to your seasons of life and when it comes to love and loss, for example, or when it comes to abundance and scarcity, if you are constantly afraid of the opposite, then you will never, you won't live in the opposite. You'll live in the lower vibrational frequency one. Because fear is more like, if you are afraid of losing money, 
but you keep doing the abundance work, abundance work, but you're afraid of losing money. You're afraid of losing money. That fear is actually going to drag you down more than the lightness of the work that you're doing because deep down you are afraid. So when you heal that fear of deep down, you're afraid and you have more acceptance of whatever happens, you know, you trust yourself, you know that, you know, if shit was to hit the fan, you lost a lot of money, you'd be able to bounce back. That knowing, that security that you have within yourself means that there isn't so much heaviness around the loss of money, for example, and then the lightness around abundance and the expansiveness around abundance and money will then become your driving force for money. When it comes to love, if you are always afraid of being heartbroken, that fear is going to hold you back more than if you heal that fear, accept what love is and that there sometimes is loss, then love can be the driving force instead. So fear is a very, very normal part of stepping outside your comfort zone. But what I want you guys to think about is if you have those layers outside the onion shell, just kind of coming back to that onion analogy that I was giving you guys, if you had five layers outside your onion shell, think about what those layers of the comfort zone are, right? And think about how if you are letting these layers hold you back, you have a shell around you. You are limiting yourself. You are in hiding, Think about it. If you're in the, in the middle of the onion, you have all these layers around you of comfort zones, you're in hiding versus if these layers become something that you're fully aware of and that you can step through, you are not in hiding, right? The, the comfort zones aren't owning you, you own the comfort zones and you understand and you have love for the comfort zones that they're there to protect you and you feel safe within yourself to step through each of those comfort zones. And when new things come into your life, when new fears come in, when new edges come in, you will continue to step through those edges. Why? Because your desire is stronger than the fear. Because the fear is always going to be there, right? Because we live in an opposite world, right? It's, we live in a world of duality. There's positive and negative. There's abundance and scarcity. So it's always going to be there. So when you try and push it away, it doesn't do anything because it's still fucking there. But when you accept it and when you aren't afraid of it, you just see it as a fact that you are in control of, it does not become a driving energy. So with abundance comes scarcity, right? Or with abundance comes lack, whatever you want to say. It's always going to be there. So don't try and push away the lack, accept the lack, but heal it so it's not actually you know, dragging you down in any way, shape or form or having any visceral and somatic control over you. So heal it and make sure that the abundance is a stronger energy because that is how you are going to continue to step outside your comfort zone, comfort zones, I should say, over and over and over again. Okay. So as I was saying before, we live in a world where there is duality. There is positive and negative. There is also, some of you might've heard the law of assumption, which is basically that lucky girl syndrome that I was saying before. And there is law of action. There is also law of attraction. There's all these different laws. I want to talk to you guys about the law of assumption. This kind of ties into your energy and how you're showing up. If you are living in this energy of assuming the best, you assume the best, you know, today's going to be a good day. You affirm these things. It's it's linked also with the law of attraction because you're attracting these things in. But just to hone in and make it even more specific, this is where this, where this lucky girl syndrome is coming in, where all these women are saying all of these amazing things have been 
attracted into my life all of a sudden by telling myself I'm lucky with X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And the reason why this is happening is because their energy is now assuming that is their reality. They're making their energy their reality and they're becoming unavailable for anything less. So they're assuming they are having a sold out X, Y, and Z. They're assuming they're getting a promotion. They're assuming blah, blah, blah. And what's important is that that assumption helps to control their energy, not, not just vibrational energy, but their actual energy that day. So if they wake up and they're like, I'm going to assume that I'm going to have the best fucking day of my life, then guess what's going to happen? They're in a positive vibrational state. They're going to choose positive things. They're going to think positive thoughts. It's very likely that if something shitty happened that day, they'd put a positive twist on it or they wouldn't let it ruin their whole day. They would see the positive or they wouldn't see so much negative. It wouldn't feed any victimhood. They would keep going throughout their day and they would keep allowing themselves to, they would, they would, sorry, they would keep taking action of I'm having the best day. I'm having the best fucking day. I'm going to have a coffee with myself. I'm going to walk this different route. And then they, something happens. They bump into an old friend, whatever it is, right? Their actions, their actions that day then start to align with their energy because of what they are telling themselves and their thoughts, right? Create the energy, which creates emotion, which creates an action. If you feel depressed, do you want to go out for a girl's night? No. If you feel depressed, you want to stay at home, watch a movie by yourself, for example. If you feel high vibe and like you're thriving and that you've had the best day, do you want to go out for your girlfriend with with your girlfriends? Yes. Do you want to stay at home and watch, watch a show by yourself? Maybe, but most likely not. That would be that would be more likely that you want to go out because you have all this energy and you want to take an action that feels good for you in that moment. So that's the law of assumption, right? And why this is important is because when it comes to creating your dream life, right, you are constantly communicating with your actions and your inactions to the universe by your energy, right? So if you are saying to the universe, I want to attract in this money, but then your actions do not show that, is it going to happen? Probably not because you might be saying it, but your actions aren't showing it that showing that you actually want it, right? So you have to think about whatever it is that you're wanting lately, are your actions matching what it is that you want? Because everybody remembers the law of attraction. Nobody remembers the law of action. The law of action is very, very important. And it makes you feel motivated, right? It gives you that momentum to keep going, to feeling like, yes, I'm achieving, I'm getting things done, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing that I also want to give you guys is a little reminder is when it comes to spending money on the things that you want to have in your dream life. Are you treating money the way that you would want to be treated? If you are hiding money, if you are shaming money, if you are, you know, throwing money in the bin, I'm not joking about this. People throw like coins in the bin because they're like, Ugh, I can't bother with that. Just put it in the bin. It's a full thing. Is that how you want to be treated? Probably not. So if money is an energy and we are an energy, right? Everything's energy. Are you treating money in a way that you would like to be treated? Are you respecting it? Are you loving it? Are you being kind to it? Are you giving it hugs when it needs hugs? Are you thinking well of it or are you thinking ill of it? 
All of these things can go so underrated, but if you are really to stop and think, how am I relating to money? Or if you were to be able to ask money, money, am I a good lover to you? What would it say? Hell's yes or absolutely fucking not. And if it's saying no, or if there's needing to be some cleanup, what is it that you need to start doing so that you can be respecting and loving money more? Really, really powerful question to ask yourself because the way in which you are relating to money says a lot about the way in which you feel in regards to receiving, whether you feel deserving, enough, etc. The other thing is for a lot of us, we say that we want more money. We want more money. We want more money. We want more money. We want our dream life. We want this. We want that. Why do you want it? Why do you want this dream life? Why do you want this money? Why do you want this job? Why do you want that house? Why do you want whatever? Why do you want money? And I'm taking this pause because I really want you guys to think about this. Think about something that you are wanting. And by the way, there, this isn't like a shaming answer of like, why do you want it? Like, I'm actually like, no, why? Like, tell me what it is that you want about this. So I'm going to give you guys a second. What, not what, why do you want this thing? And for anyone that is like, God, I don't fucking know. And you don't have a, an answer coming to your head straight away. Cool. This is your homework. If you are wanting something in your life, but you don't know why you want it or what is the motivating force behind wanting it or what is the benefit of having this or what you're going to do with it, then why is it going to come into your life? It's like, oh yeah, I want a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. Then he comes in and it's like, oh, I got no space for this. Bye. Like flick. You don't fucking want a boyfriend then, right? We tell ourselves we want these things, but often when we really dig into it, we're like, actually, I don't really want this or I don't even know why I want this. Get clear on it because the reason why you want to get clear on it is because then you have mental space to actually allocate to putting towards this thing. If the money all of a sudden comes in, but you have no idea what you're doing with it, it's actually going to feel really overwhelming. It's going to feel like too much and you may push it away, right? If you don't know that you want a relationship and this guy comes in and he's all like relationship, relationship, and you don't know whether you want one, it can feel really overwhelming, right? And we're all different, but this is just a generalization in terms of like what can happen for us. And there's, if put it this way, no matter what happens for you, trust me when I say you want to know why you want things. It makes it a lot cleaner, a lot easier, and it's 10 times more powerful than when you're manifesting. Even if, for example, you're coming to my Australian event, or if you haven't bought your ticket, or buy your ticket, or if you're coming, if you're doing Queen Alchemy, same rule applies, right? Any of my programs. Why are you doing it? Come in with an intention. It helps give direction so that you can actually achieve that. So your actions can align with your intention and your intention can totally change. And your intention for money can be, I just want to save it. That's completely fine. 
right? If you're building a savings account or an investment portfolio, that's completely fine. Just know what you're doing with it so you, that you actually have created the space for it in your life. That's what's important about it, okay? So when it comes to figuring out your money blocks, I'm going to ask you guys some questions that you can also use to help you to reduce the fears that you have around spending money on your dreams or investing money in something or other. Okay. So what are you afraid will happen if you have a lot of money? And like you guys can write these down and come back to them. We'll timestamp this. So what are you afraid will happen if you have a lot of money? What are you afraid will happen if you spend money? What do you think of wealthy people? And like insert other similar journal prompts that you might have, right? Journal away. What do you think of wealthy people? How does money make you feel? This is an important one. How does money make you feel? Because I'm not joking when I say money trauma is real. And I'm not joking when I say that you can hold somatically, so in your body, shit that you have around money. And your body can literally go into a bit of a trauma response when you hold money or when you have money or when someone gives you money or when you spend money, you can literally go into a bit of a trauma response. And so I really want you guys to think and notice this when you next go to spend money or receive money, how does money make you feel? Because I can almost guarantee there is a large chunk of you listening to this that have somatic trauma around money. And and hold with me for a second. Hang with me. Why this would happen, for example, is let's say that your parents always fought about money and it was a very loud, aggressive fight, let's say. And when you were witnessing or hearing those fights as a kid, you would feel unsafe. Maybe your body would be a little bit shaky. Maybe your heart rate would start to increase. You get a little bit sweaty. And now you get those same feelings when you have to go spend money or when money is an issue in your relationship with your partner, you get the exact same feelings because the trauma in your body is in relation to how money was talked about and expressed and dealt with when you were a kid. So you have feelings of unsafety around money, which is not an ideal thing. Because we need money to create our dreams. Like the more resources we have, the more freedom that we have for ourselves and the more choice that we have. So money is a good thing because it allows us to have more choice, to do more, to help more, to have more freedom, et cetera, et cetera. But if you have trauma around money, it can heavily reduce your ability to experience that kind of freedom and safety and expansion that the resource of cash gives you. So remember that money these days, right, is cash, but the energy of money, right? So the value exchange right now is money, but the value exchange back in the day used to be like goats and berries. Or if you go to like um, Burning Man, they don't pay for things, I'm pretty sure. They exchange things between like little communities in, I've never been to Burning Man. I don't think it'd be my thing at all, but they exchange things, right? Between their little like campsites. Um. And so that's the value exchange. So all money is, is a value exchange. And that's why it's so important for you to do the work around deservingness and enoughness and self-value and self-respect and et cetera, because you 
right? Your stuff that you have around the way that you value yourself is going to show up in the way in which you feel and relate to money and then how you act in situations where money is linked. If you don't value yourself, for example, then you might be getting all these bills in and self-sabotaging, not paying them, then getting late fees, or you're not seeing the bills, or you're getting hit with these bills where you're like, wait, where the fuck did this bill come from? Whatever it is, you can be manifesting in ways that prove that you don't value yourself. And then before you go, well, I can't help it. Like, it's just happening. Like, I'm doing everything. Are you? Are your actions aligning with the version of you that is your highest self? that is full of love and gratitude and having an open heart and warmth and like all that kind of stuff. Is that you or actually are you in a fear response? Are you negative? Are you, you know, thinking the worst of your life and being in victimhood? Are you letting your past become your future because you have not, you have not healed from your past And you're almost like making your future somebody else's responsibility because you don't want to take the step that can be scary, I'll admit, to heal your past stuff that you are carrying and it's it's showing up in your current life. It is so much easier to place the blame outside of ourselves, but we have to remember that 90% of the time, what is showing up in our life is as a result of ourselves, is as a result of what we are tolerating, what how we are showing up, how we are communicating, what we are thinking, you know, our energy that we're putting out there, et cetera, et cetera. Most of it, it's actually us, which can be really hard when you think about like, oh, wait, so Monica, you're saying that the past abusive relationship was my fault? No, but, not, not but, and, so absolutely not, and there was a part of you that tolerated that, And there is, you guys know, there's a whole host of reasons. There's a whole hormonal situation that happens when you're in traumatic situations, right? The fight or flight, the adrenaline can keep you there for way longer than you would like. And I've talked about that in other episodes. So you you guys can go listen to that, click the podcast directory and you can, you know, browse and find an episode that suits you. So it's not that I'm saying it is easy to get out of those situations because it's absolutely not. No, 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 no. But what I am saying is that however long you stayed in it, There was a part of you that didn't think that you were deserving to get out of it, that you were enough to get out of it, that you deserved more. There was some stuff that was a reflection of you, not not that you were abusive, about worthiness, about trauma, about settling, that kind of stuff, okay? So even when I think back to like the early days of starting my business And I had the worst money mindset. I had the worst relationship with money. I would literally not eat breakfast to save money. So fucking dumb. Major scarcity. Anyway, and there was so much in there of I saw it as a badge of honor. Right? Like there's that whole story of struggling artist. And I'm not an artist, but... It's, it's similar like that. Like it's similar to that. Is there is this story that we cling on to of I'm working so hard I can't even eat breakfast. I'm so burnt out I need this many coffees a day. Blah blah blah. We hold on to these stories, and for me, it was around 
also thinking that that's how hard I was working. That's how much I was willing to put on the line. That's how much I was sacrificing because I thought I had to sacrifice because that made me a better person. It made me want something more. It made me more ambitious. It made me better in some way, shape or form to do that. And I was so afraid of not having enough money. Right. And I do think that fear can drive people into action 1000%. 1000%. Right. Like sometimes if you are afraid enough to not have freedom, you will go after freedom. That's in a, that's in a rare cases though. You have to be an A type, very ambitious, like, very different to everybody else. As in like my fiance will say, there's Monica's productivity and there's everybody else's productivity because my productivity is very, very high and he'll joke about it. But it's like, that's, that's, it's, you know, it's real. And so for those people where it's like, there's Monica's productivity and like, that's you, then yeah, maybe a little bit of fear can really drive you because for me, it can really drive me. But for most people, the fear is actually debilitating. It completely throws their nervous system off their anxiety is through the roof and they don't find it motivating. And so it's really, really, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm blabbing, but hopefully I'm not. I'm just like channeling all this. So it's really, really important to ensure that you are feeling good about what it is that you want and that you are feeling good about your relationship with money. And on this note, I want to give you guys a little bit of a positive thing. So one of the laws is law is the law of motion, right? Everything is in motion. Things are always in motion. So even if right now you are deeply manifesting something, you're doing all the things where you want to call in more money or whatever it is, amazing. I'm sending you all the good vibes. And I want you to know that it is in motion. It may not be in motion the way that you think it should be or the way that you would want it to be, but it is. And sometimes it's in motion in the way that we don't want it to be in motion, but the way that we need it to be in motion for us to learn a few, a few extra things or for us to make a few extra shifts that the universe knows we have to make to get the goal that we actually want to go get. Because sometimes you think you want something and then you start going in that avenue and it's like, oh, I don't want this anymore. And so you have to pivot. So please trust and know that everything's always in motion if you are setting the intention, if you're taking the action, if you're doing the things and trust that it's actually in motion in the correct way, even if you and your ego would love for it to be happening and in motion in a different way. Okay. So whatever it is that you're manifesting right now, a couple of things, I want you to make sure that you are locking into feelings of deservingness, of worthiness, of enoughness, of, of assuming, duh, like this is going to happen. My dream life is going to happen. The success is going to happen. Not settling for anything less. Do not settle for anything less, right? Make sure that you're putting things in motion so that they can actually come in. And for some of you, put a fire up your ass to take more action. Well, maybe not up your ass. Put a fire under your ass to take more action, including energetic action to get your dream. So the energetic action can be meditation, manifestation, visualization, putting yourself in the right energy, being in expansive environments, et cetera. Like those are the energetic things. The action is yes, physical action, like going on the date, right? But the energetic action could be journaling about the dream man, doing the meditations, joining the embodied dating masterclass or be a love and other mother or the men and money bundle or whatever it is, right? Those could be the action steps, but the energetic steps are also really important that you should be doing consistently to make sure that your energy is in alignment because it's so important. You guys know this. It is so important for 
you to feel fully in alignment with what you want. That is also going to make it easier to spend money on things that are going to get your dream life. If you do not feel in alignment, it will make it harder for you to invest and take those leaps of faith because part of your body is like, this isn't in alignment, right? Part of your body is telling you no. So listen to your body, listen to those yeses and listen to the no's. Right. Notice the difference between something that feels expansive versus contractive. Now, something can feel scary, but not contractive. Something can feel scary and expansive, right? Contractive is a screaming no, like everything in your body says no. Okay. The, the yes and I'm scared. What that feels like is desire with butterflies, right? Desire with like, anxiety in your stomach, maybe for example, or anxiety in your chest, but you have, but your heart is like pulling you forward. Think of it like, okay, if we were to imagine like a physical version of this, it'd be like your chest is going forward towards the thing. Your stomach is maybe going backwards as an example, because your stomach is like, Oh, I'm scared. This is scary. This is outside my comfort zone, right? Like this is me having to face my shit or whatever it is. But your heart is like, this is what I need. Yes, yes, yes. Like that would be an example of like a physical representation of what that expansive, but a little bit scared will look like. You'll know that feeling, you know, that feeling in your body, you know, those times where like your gut has told you and every ounce of your body, do not go do this thing. And then you go and do it. And you're like, my intuition told me not to do it there's that situation, right? That's that feeling. So the more that you listen to your intuition, the more that you're going to get really, really familiar with what yes feels like in your body and what no feels like in your body. And when you get a yes, but I'm scared, don't then give into the, but I'm scared because then that fear starts to become a driving force within you. The fear starts to become something that is controlling you. When you have the yes, but I'm scared, listen to the yes and hold that, but I'm scared in a feeling of safety as you move forward towards the yes. Honor that fear, see that fear, feel that fear, tell that fear that it's safe as you take that step towards your yes. Okay. And if you are somebody that, and if you haven't listened to part one, please do, because it's really going to help you to also understand your brain and all of this, um, like part one of this series. If you are someone that is a coach or a healer or expects other people to pay for you, also do a little check-in of, of, of are you being the embodiment? Are you being in integrity? Are you getting help when you need it? Are you paying for things that are expanding you? Are you constantly growing and up-leveling? Are you investing in yourself and or in your business? Or are you just telling other people to do it? but you're not doing it. And on that note, like, are you the living embodiment of what it is that you're teaching? I've seen way too many coaches. It's somewhat concerning sometimes come to me and I'm like, but you're teaching on this. Like what? And I completely understand, right? There's always, there's always stuff to grow and heal about, right? There's always, you know, let's say for example, that you are coaching on feminine energy stuff, right? Or helping people, helping women heal their feminine energy. And you've come to me to do some like really intense stuff around that. I can, I'm not judging you if you, you haven't, you're not fully, you know, you haven't gone to every depth in you. If you're not expecting your clients to go to every depth within them, let's say there's like 10 levels. Let's, let's say there's like, yeah, there's 10 levels of healing. This is an example. And you're expecting, and level 10 is like, 
the deepest part of yourself, right? The deepest shit. Let's say that you're doing work up to level three and you've done that work on yourself, but you're coming to me for level 10. Great. If you're coming to me though for level 10 and you're also talking to your clients about level 10, that's where I'm like, if you're struggling to get clients in, you're struggling to receive money, maybe your business is thriving, but your relationships are falling apart. Men and money are linked, very linked, right? Sex and money, men and money, masculine energy, very linked to money. If that's all falling apart and I'm seeing this, I'm like, I'm not fucking surprised. I personally, one of my number one values is integrity and trust. There too, integrity and trust. And when someone is out of integrity, it just feels like, ooh, in my body. And so if any of you are listening that are in this area and you are, let's say, for example, doing work with clients around money and you have not healed your basic money shit, it's not a good look. It just really isn't a good look. Of course, there's going to be money stuff that comes up even four years down the line when you're hitting let's say huge new levels, great, but you're probably not doing healing work with your clients around those huge new levels, right? Like you get, you guys, hopefully you guys get what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we need to be perfect because I'm not perfect, but I would never, ever, ever be talking about something or teaching on something or doing healing work around something that I have not embodied. Like, absolutely not. I just, I, I couldn't live with myself and I couldn't do it. So just make sure that you are checking in with you to make sure of that as well. Because, and I'm sharing this with you from a place of love, because when clients come to me with this issue, but they're not in integrity, I'm like, this is the issue. Like it's so simple. So just check in with that because that's a very easy fix, right? Go and be in integrity and you're also going to feel 1000% more confident. Okay. The last thing that I want to rec- that I want to um, recommend with you guys is keep reading the books, keep doing all the things. Yes, yes, yes. And reading books is not the same as taking a leap of faith. It could be that you're taking a leap of faith of booking the nicest hotel that you've ever stayed in. That could be the leap of faith, right? But if you're sitting in your room or you're sitting in your apartment and you're not going out in the real world and taking action, right, on the things that you would like to, you're instead just reading about it and telling yourself, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. But you're not actually doing it. That's also going to be blocking you because somatically, like your body isn't experiencing it. You're telling yourself you feel safe to go get that hotel, for example, but you're not actually doing it to ensure that you feel safe. So, Let's have our last little journal prompt. What are some things that you know that you really want to do, right? Maybe there's some big up levels that you've been telling yourself, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. But you haven't actually done it. Write those things down. And can you go and do one of those things in the next two or three weeks and check to ensure your body actually feels safe to do those things? And then go finish off the rest of those things too in the next year or so. But if you're just telling yourself these things about money, but not living them out, I'm telling you right now, it's not working. Because when you have to take that step over your edge to get outside of that layer of your comfort zone that you currently have around you, 
that is a physical step that you have to take. It's not just a mindset. You're not just, you're not taking the step in your step in your mind. You're taking the step in your life, which means that no amount of telling yourself like, yep, I would do this. Yep. I would do this. Yep. I would do this is going to be enough if you're not actually physically taking that step, because every step that you take to go outside your comfort zone to create your dream life is locking in a new energy of safety as you continue to up level in your body. You have to feel the safety in your body, not just in your mind. Safety is within your body, not just in your mind. Okay. Okay. I hope that you guys, oh, I hope that you guys love this episode. I went on for way longer than I thought um, and that you guys got lots out of it. I went on many different tangents. I love these money episodes that I do. They're such good reminders. So I urge you to just save this episode, bookmark it, save it as a favorite, write it down on like an iNote that this is one of your favorites to come back to and re-listen. Because I did that abundance riff for you guys as well, like maybe 20 episodes back or something. I did that abundance episode. Um, and don't underestimate the power of going back to that episode and listen, listening to that again. I find listening to like me talking about money or other people talking about money or whatever it is, just even as background noise is so helpful. It just continues to lock in the reality that there is plenty of money, that it's safe to have more money, that I can keep growing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So listen to this episode once, make sure you do those homework steps that I've given you guys, because that's powerful action steps that you can be taking. And then I would re-listen to this episode to see if there's anything else that you could get out of it that you didn't get out of it from the first time. Because there was lots of nuggets that I gave you all. And then of course, please make sure that you subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on YouTube, on Spotify. Leave a review if you haven't already. The instructions for leaving a review are below. And do not forget that Queen Alchemy is closing on the end of the month. Last, wait, what day is like the last, whatever. It's closing at the end of Feb. Um, and the immersion tickets, the payment plan option is also finishing at the end of February as well. And then there will only be pay in full. So if you know you need the payment plan for the immersion, make sure you get on it. If you know that you want to join Queen Alchemy, also make sure that you get on it. And, but, oh, but also we're going to Italy in March. Um, and I have some great emails for you guys planned in March as well. I finished writing them all over the weekend. So if you're not on my email list, please make sure that you get on my email list so that you do not miss out on that. And I will see you guys in the next episode.